0: all right howlers let's get howling but first a couple quick warnings first warning this podcast contains adult content
1: don't be a pixie
0: second warning this podcast contains spoilers for the entire red rising saga we're gonna talk about everything all of it dark age sure dark age
1: just letting your pixies know (laughs)
0: those fucking pixies
1: go read it and if you don't have a copy then get one right now don't forget to follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy email howlerpod at gmail.com website www.howlerpod.com also don't forget to rate and review five stars only if you don't give us five stars then we will sneak into your room while you're naked and stare at you judgmentally (laughs)
0: And now, Halopod.
1: What's this? A deputation of devils come to my Acropolis with calamity on their heels? Have you come to kill me, fiends? I venture you'll not find it pleasant.
0: Hello, howlers. Welcome to. Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising. Where every episode, we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Yeah, girl. I'm your host, Ben Reiner. Co hosting with me, as always, is the amazing Aaron Ayers.
1: Hello, Howlers. What are
0: we doing today, Aaron?
1: <laughs> We're doing. <laughs> Ben's dancing. That was like a
0: music video for a second. Oh, uh, was it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> for who? Clay Aiken? Rude. Ooh, burn. <laughs> We're doing Iron Gold chapters 28 to 33.
0: Well, let's figure out what happened and load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
1: Hopefully we don't shit our suits.
0: Chapter 28, Darrow, Prisoner 1126. Tongueless leads the howlers to the warden's chambers. When they enter, there's a small pooch that seems to be friends with Tongueless, and the room is decorated with expensive rugs and artifacts, indicating that the warden has been accepting bribes. Darrow convinces the warden to take them to see Prisoner 1126. The prisoner is playing the violin when they enter, surrounded by an improvised paradise of gardens, UV lights, expensive carpets, books, wine and two pink slaves. Apollonius turns when Darrow calls to him, naked but for his prisoner collar. Darrow says they are to take him home on behalf of Apple's brother, Tharsis. Apple threatens the warden, but Darrow tells him they need him alive or else the whole place locks down. Instead, Apple pops the warden's eyes. Yikes. Severo shoots Apple with spider rounds, but the big brute doesn't go down. Darrow tackles and wrestles him to the ground, he loses his helmet, revealing his identity, and is almost choked out until Tongueless knocks Apollonius out with a hookah.
1: Yeah, hookah's cool. Chapter 29, Lyria, Rest in Shadow. Lyria wakes early to take her first trip to Hyperion to see the sights. She goes to a museum and on the way out, brushes past a gold woman. The gold accuses Lyria of stealing her bracelet and calls a couple of gray watchmen over. The greys haul her to their ship and put her in the back with drunks and vagrants. The crowd starts to protest, reds crowding around asking why they are taking Lyria in. A grey man walks up and vouches for Lyria, saying that she's a family friend and that it would be better for the two greys if they defuse the situation before another riot breaks out. They release her to go with her savior, Felipe, quote-unquote, Lyria and Felipe spend the rest of the day together getting drunk and eating oysters all on Felipe's dime. Felipe. Do you know who Felipe is?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm a little. I've got a hunch. We don't know. (laughs) I've got a hunch.
1: Okay. (laughs) It's Ephraim. (laughs) Oh, shit. I know.
0: (laughs) Chapter 30. Darrow, the Nessus. Darrow and his team load up the prisoners and take them to the Nessus, which is Quicksilver's ship. They also took some other guys out, uh, some other like important Venusian family golds.
1: Just other golds, and we don't know who they are yet. They're
0: going to use them as hostages. Rona asks to go with the main group, but Darrow makes her stay with Kieran and the rest of the support howlers who are headed to Africa. Darrow retreats to Quicksilver's stateroom to get some rest. The next day, the Nessus takes off away from Earth, and more importantly, her moon. Darrow is a sad boy.
1: Sad, sad boy.
0: Sad, sad boy.
1: Chapter 31, Ephraim kites. Ephraim is at Kobachi's to pick up his new necklace with a special something-something in the necklace. Afterwards, he goes to meet Lyria in the park. They walk the wharf together and talk and carry on. Ephraim is having a hard time doing this to Lyria as he has started to become genuinely fond of her. As Lyria is heading back home, he gives her the booby-trapped pendant. Lyria takes it, and Ephraim feels super guilty about it, but he's like, I'm so far gone. It don't matter anymore because nothing really matters. (laughs) Nothing really matters.
0: That takes us to Chapter 32, Lysander the Rending. Lysander and Cassius arrive at Sungrave and are shown to their rooms. They hang out, they take a bath together, and don't have sex with some pinks. While having a brotherly spat as they long for the good old days on the Archimedes.
1: Uh, Aw. <laughs> poor boys. Bros.
0: Wish I could be in that bathroom. I
1: know, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, forget the pinks, Cassius, you're mine. <laughs> Except he doesn't look like Cassius right now. He looks like right, he's got ugly. a squishy face. That's That's problematic. I bet he still has abs, though. (laughs) And, like, you know, like, the V, like, by the hips? Oh, wow. He definitely has that.
0: This this is a rated R podcast now.
1: (laughs) Hi, Mom. (laughs) Chapter 33, Lysander, the alien. Lysander is in his room. um, He's naked by the window when all of a sudden he hears a jammer pop, and he's like, what the fuck? And he turns around, and Serafina's sitting on the bed, staring at him. It's not even a bed. It's like a little thin mattress on a wood plank. I could not be a Mooney. Yeah, it sounds super shitty. That sounds like my hips would hurt when I woke up.
0: Way too Spartan.
1: Way too Spartan. Um, So the two of them go back and forth making jabs at each other with Seraphina basically saying Lysander is a pixie and a spy about a thousand different ways. And Lysander's like, no, I'm not gay. <laughs> Jeez. And he's also like, I can see her breast <laughs> under her shirt. I want to see her boobies. <laughs> Seraphina is trying to get a measure of Lysander. And by the end of their conversation, she says she still doesn't know how she feels about him and she leaves. Lysander quickly realizes he isn't actually a guest here, he is prey.
0: Mm. So now that we know what happens in these chapters, Let's talk about the theme that ties them all together. This week's theme
1: is. Sad boys. Aaron,
0: what's a sad boy?
1: Someone who is generally depressed. Sad boy with an I. That's one word S A D B O I.
0: A sad boy is one who is often upset by sad things in the world. They often question what life has for them. They talk a lot and get in their feels in the most unexpected of situations,
1: like at a party. <laughs> when everyone's having fun and then they're in the corner being a sad boy basically sad boys kind of like being sad and uh as you'll see in our chapter by chapter theme insert these sad boys uh are generally sad boys Yep,
0: they're always upset they're thinking they're like oh
1: man so our our number one stuff our number one uh sad boy here as we know is darrow Darrow has a lot of feels, and he really gets into those feels when times are tough. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do our first quote, Ben? Yeah,
0: so our first pull quote here is um, he's talking about this mission to kidnap Apollonius and then the rest of these golds. And so contemplating what he's just done, like kind of releasing these prisoners possibly back out into the world, he says... Despite the success of the mission, I feel trapped, imprisoned by the proximity of the scum in my chest. My heart is made heavier by the dark, silent eyes of my friends hunched in the red light of the submarine, knowing they feel the same weight, that we are all a party to some unspeakable deed.
1: Sad boy. (laughs) Sad (laughs) boy. Yeah, so not only is Darrow sad and uh, down right now, but all of the howlers are super down right now. Mm-hmm.
0: They are all really questioning what they're doing because it's like they're letting some seriously bad people that they spent years fighting out of jail, basically. Yeah, they also just killed Wolfgar, and they're like kind of really questioning themselves at this point, like, what what exactly are we doing?
1: So that brings us nicely to the next quote. I share their disgust. This dirties all of us. Compounded with the death of Wolfgar, it has darkened the mood perceptibly. I don't imagine it will brighten as we near Venus.
0: (laughs) I don't think so. I
1: don't think so either. (laughs) Also, not only Wolfgar's death, but um, the last chapters, when they were leaving without the obsidians, Mm -hmm. they already feel like insecure without their big, Bodyguards, basically. Right. So, and and they also are questioning the morality since Sephi didn't follow them, and she's kind of following her truth.
0: Right. And that's one of the reasons they are so readily uh, able to accept tongueless is because they just would like to have an Obsidian with them. Yeah. Several like, like everybody feel better.
1: Several especially is eager to like keep him with them and not send tongueless with mm-hmm. the support howlers.
0: Um, and so we see some more more sad boyness when Darrow's in his stateroom uh thinking about the first time he held little baby packs. He says it breaks me to see how far I've turned from that path. He's really reflecting at this moment about the choices he's made. And this is just IG is just full of emo, Darrow. This is like our most emo Darrow of all time, pretty much.
1: He gets pretty emo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean he's he's on a He's always on an emo level.
1: But fortunately in Dark Age, we get rage (laughs) Darrow. He comes out of emo.
0: Yeah. Well, he decides to just shed all that. And he's like,
1: I'm gonna fucking rage. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Decides to fight.
1: What's the thing The Rock says when he like raises his eyebrow?
0: The people's eyebrow? Like, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Can't you smell what the rock is cooking? Is that what you're talking about?
1: That's what Darrow's doing. He's he's raising one eyebrow.
0: (laughs) Can you smell what (laughs) Daryl is cooking?
1: (laughs) By the way, Ben is a huge wrestling fan. (laughs) That's great. I'm a huge uh, Dwayne Johnson fan. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: I think a dream just came true for me. (laughs) Saying that into a microphone. Good job.
1: (laughs) Back to sad boys. (laughs) We're, We're happy boys over here. Um, the last one that we have for Darrow and there were plenty to choose from, I must say. Um, but this is when they're flying away from earth and Darrow is not, uh, looking back at earth, but looking at the moon, thinking of Mustang and Pax. He says, I feel the distance grow between us. And I wonder if this is what it is like to be a bad father. It is. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) It is what it's like. Um, always finding a reason to be gone, a reason that no matter how virtuous or shining in the eyes of a child will seem empty and false in the memories of the man he will soon become.
0: Man, that was such a heavy quote. Like when I read that, I was like, dang, that's so true. It's just so true. Like it doesn't matter how righteous Darrow is in this moment, no matter what, Pax is going to see it
1: this is going to turn Pax into a sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a sad man. <laughs> but we know from Dark Age that Pax is super, super smart. And although he might resent Darrow, he's also smart enough to know what's going on. I hope so. It seems like it. Yeah. Like when he's thinking of his mother maybe being dead and his father maybe being dead, he seems very like rational. Right. About these steps.
0: Right. Okay. Our next quotes are from, you know, the sad boy of all sad boys, Ephraim.
1: He's the number one (laughs) sad boy.
0: He is like, yeah, he's the genesis of sad boy. Um, So he's relaxing in the grass with Lyria. They're watching kites. And he's thinking to himself, "Uh, I've not been sleeping well in my apartment. Up all bright night, pacing back and forth in front of the smoke glass. Racing through burners and watching that gold bitch kill Trig again and again on my hollow cube, the two of them are doing their little dance across my gray matter, and the Reaper watches, huddling with Holiday as Trig dies and dies and dies for him, for their Messiah.
1: Whoa, he's
0: got to stop watching these videos. He's
1: a little bitter. This
0: is ten years ago, man. You gotta let go. He
1: he wants to feel the pain uh. because trigs not there so he feels like he has to keep suffering he can't he needs therapy basically yes
0: <laughs> he does he really he really needs some therapy and
1: also what's not helping him is he takes so much zoladone so when he's in like withdrawal from zoladone all these emotions come back right. cuz he hasn't worked through them cuz he's been like pushing them down so i think his way of remaining the saddest of the saddest boys is by just watching this video over and over again and like forcing himself to feel this pain. Right.
0: Yeah. It's just, he's in this weird cycle where he does this thing where he numbs himself and then he like punishes himself and he wants to feel that pain. And then he, you know, pops a pill and, and it numbs out. it's just like, it's this cycle. It's over and over and over again and he can't get himself out of it. And, the worst part about Ephraim is you just want to be there like, Ephraim, bro, you're great. Like,
1: like you're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> You've got so many good qualities. And
0: Lyria sees it here too, and she's like, he's got so much to offer to her, and he can't see that.
1: So then next on our sad boy train, Ephraim's feeling guilty about Lyria because she's not this like bitter monster that he thinks she should be because of what she's been through. He says, or he's thinking, I wish she would stop telling me her story. I can tell she's kept this pain locked in a dark little chest inside her, just like I did. But I'm not the good person she is. I hoard my pain because no one will understand it. She's just been looking for someone she can trust. I don't deserve it. But she keeps going, and I feel heavier and blacker on the grass, wishing I took more Zolodome. <laughs>
0: Always fiending for the Zolodone. <laughs> I
1: hey, there are days where I could use some Zolodone. <laughs> let me tell you,
0: it does sound like you know maybe
1: like every Monday I could right. just have one Zolodone. Yeah,
0: like the Sunday night, Monday, the Sunday scaries into the Monday.
1: Oh, de- okay, I need maybe it just, Sunday and Monday.
0: Yeah, maybe just Papa Z. <laughs> then we're 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 gonna be Ephraim before we know it. At that point, I hate how he says. I hoard my pain because no one will understand it. It's like Ephraim, like everybody has pain.
1: Especially in this world. Like literally everyone's family has died.
0: Right. That's some real sad boy shit right
1: there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, yeah, you're like, Lyria. you (laughs) lost way more people than I did. But like my pain's worse. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) No one will ever understand it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's really in the feels here. (laughs) and uh then last but not least we have lyria telling Ephraim after he gives her the pendant she says you're not alone either felipe and then he's thinking to himself sweet little rabbit if only that were true
0: yeah you can see like this fits directly into our sad boy thing because Ephraim just wants he wants to be alone like he would prefer to be in pain to be alone because he just like thinks that this is the way the world is this is who i am this is the way my life is nothing can be better ultimately finally he's able to break out of that and, and then
1: break out of his heart <laughs> break his heart out of his chest right
0: thanks to our sweet sweet volga Just our pure ray of Well, that's another.
1: We don't have quotes in these chapters, but there's plenty to pull from in past and future ones where he pushes Volga away. Right. So he's saying he's alone, but he's got like this amazing friend, Volga, who really cares for him, but he purposefully tries to hurt her because hurt people hurt people.
0: Right. And I think that's what makes Ephraim such a frustrating character, especially when you first meet him. Cause like when I first read Iron Gold, I was like, Do I like Ephraim? Do I not? Like, he's really funny and I like his sarcasm. But a lot of the time, you're like, Jesus, this guy just like, He's a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> and he's constantly pushing people away and he's constantly making things worse for himself. Like, con- like, he doesn't do anything to actually make himself better or help himself. And so, I think that's the most frustrating thing about him when you first meet him. But as you get to know him more and as we see, like, him develop, I think you kind of understand him better as a person. Just, like, he's just dealing with a fuck ton of shit. You know, he's just got all the shit on his shoulders.
1: But he needs to share the load.
0: Exactly. Like, we all do. That's I mean, that's anybody needs to learn that, especially when you're, like, in your most down. Like, we can all apply that to ourselves at different times. Like, having friends, having family, that's what carries us all through this stuff. Ephraim finally learns that and we can take that away from this. This is learning hours. It just became PBS. <laughs> this it's is like Ben's, Sesame Street. Ben's
1: therapy <laughs> corner. Forget conspiracies. <laughs> Let's, hey, howlers, let's all uh, (laughs) bind ourselves together and never become a sad boy (laughs) like Ephraim.
0: We refuse to be sad boys, (laughs) sad (laughs) howlers.
1: (laughs) No, we're happy howlers, even when all of our favorite characters die. (laughs) Thanks, Pierce. So moving on from our saddest of boys, we are moving to a quick little sad boy brother situation here brothers in quotes because it's Cassius and Lysander um Lysander and Cassius just had like a f- kind of fake fight because they know that the Moonies are spying on them but it's also kind of a real fight Lysander's thinking I see by the melancholy look in his eyes that we are united in understanding that something between us is breaking and neither one of us knows how to stop it even if we leave Io behind We can never go back to the way things were, to the private world we shared. I have outgrown it. I have even outgrown him. Mm. (gasps) How dare you? Rude. You can't outgrow Cassius. Gosh. What a...
0: This is is really where Lysander starts to go wrong, in my opinion.
1: Well, he kind of needs Cassius to not be a space racist. Right. But he... Pushes away from Cassius and into what he thinks is the right path, which is clearly not the right path.
0: Yeah, we start seeing him talking about like gold has lost its way and stuff. We'll talk about a little bit about that later, but this is just kind of one of those breaking points where you see him starting to drift away from Cassius, and, and you uh, see
1: Cassius is definitely a sad boy.
0: Yes, um, there's a moment where Lysander talks about. Cassius would get drunk and then they, him and Pytho would have to like take him back to his room and he would be like murmuring about Virginia. It's just like, oh, shit.
1: It's a hard breakup. (laughs) Yeah. He needs a rebound, clearly. (laughs) When I I remember when I was listening to that part, I was like, damn, must be nice to be Virginia. (laughs) Got these hot ass golds whispering your name when they're drunk and sad.
0: Ten years later, too.
1: I love it. (laughs) I hope some sad boy is whispering my name.
0: (laughs) I'm sure there's a sad boy out there saying, Aaron.
1: (laughs) 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 That would make me happy. So Uh, that carries us into Lysander as a singular sad boy without Cassius.
0: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, just a little context for this quote is, Lysander's staring out the window of his room while nude, and he's watching like those like ships blow up on the desert or whatever. And he's thinking about his childhood and Lake Selene, and he says to himself, I wonder if the Reaper's child now climbs the stone stairs there from the shore to Celine Manor and his waiting parents. A deep anger fills me, but I push it into the void.
1: Into your mind's eye void? <laughs>
0: That takes us right into our next quote where he says, I see my father in my mind's eye, but it's just, it's lowercase mind's eye. Lowercase. This is just his memory.
1: (laughs) This is like your, (laughs) you know, daydream mind's eye.
0: Right. I see my father in my mind's eye and try again in vain to summon my mother. Interesting. Interesting. I reach for her, but my fingers rake nothing but shadow. And I feel in no small way that her absence is my fault. I did not study her enough, did not love her enough, and so she will never hold me in her arms, never kiss me upon the brow as if she never existed.
1: Ooh, this guy has some mommy issues.
0: Okay, but that's super sad. Also, that's super fucked up on Octavia's part. Like,
1: think well, about that Well, she's not a right nice there. lady.
0: I'm just saying, like, she literally deleted... Uh, this her daughter, mom from right? his memory.
1: <laughs> well, think about your own grandma. Like, everyone's grandma mostly is like a sweet old lady. Right. This is not that <laughs> no. grandma.
0: Yeah, she beheaded her own father.
1: She beheaded her father. She killed her daughter and son-in-law, mm-hmm. allegedly, most likely, and then, like, warped their son into this soon-to-be monster in my opinion
0: and he's blaming himself here like that's like i
1: didn't love her enough
0: exactly that's what's so sad about it is like at this point we have octavia going in deleting his fucking memories and he's blaming himself for this because he's like i didn't love my mom enough that's that's gotta influence him on some level to think that he screwed up somehow and so that kind of leads lysander down the wrong path
1: I hope in the end he realizes what's what and he thanks Cassius and Jaro and all the crew for killing his bitch grandmother.
0: We'll see. I mean, I think it's going to come down to, I think it can go either way. Like it's really a coin flip for me, whether Lysander's going to turn out good or bad. I could see him going either way.
1: I'm just really hoping with Cassius back, maybe Lysander eases, hits the brakes a little. And he's like, you know. I love Cassius. Cassius loves me. We're bros. I'm going to go see what's going on.
0: I still just can't ever let go of that part where he says, I can't forgive Cassius, though, for what he did. And so I just don't know with that being a fundamental basis for his relationship with Cassius, whether there's ever anything there where he would be like, I can listen to this dude. We'll see.
1: We'll see. Yep. Okay. That was our chapter by chapter theme insert for the saddest boys (laughs) and by the the way (laughs) (laughs) ben uh wrote a song (laughs) he didn't write it he copied a melody for uh
0: it's a song parody song parody
1: and it it, it's from the song mad world (laughs) but instead of mad world it's sad boy
0: we will be releasing that on hollipod records (laughs) <laughs> around the same time. Coming this-
1: <laughs> to a store near you. Okay, next up, Prime 5. Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. First one, Rona and Alexander. They have crushes on each other. We can tell even now, <laughs> especially in hindsight from Dark Age. Alexander, uh, he tries to keep his puking a secret. He says to darrow can we just keep this between us darrow says are you worried about rona mocking you trust me alex it's not her you have to worry about so obviously several spills the beans mm-hmm. but she is who he is worried about finding out for sure because they have crushes
0: right there's just some really great rona and alexander moments in here we get Rona like making her little speech to Darrow about how she trained so hard, and she's like, "I'm a Drakenjager soldier. You should let me go along with this." And we learn that she's a total badass in Dark Age. She's like, got bolts. Yeah, that was really dope. But that was one of my favorite parts of Dark Age was her like draken, bolting up. Yeah, like Drakenjager around or whatever. Drakenjager, like draken Jager bomb. Jaeger, yeah.
1: She takes Jaeger bombs and then jumps in her Drakenjager. Right. And
0: then we've got some good stuff with Alex here. Darrow says that Alex reminds him of only too much of Cassius and just like how he's so um, arrogant, but also how he really wants to do the right thing.
1: But he also wants to be famous.
0: Right. And he's like, oh, shit, that's going to really fuck him one day. That's kind of setting up that Alex is going to die right there. I feel like.
1: A little bit. And also, like, since we know we get Cassius back and... Uh, Darrow's saying here that Alex kind of reminds him of Cassius. That spot can't be filled by two very attractive, young (laughs) male golds. (laughs) So when, you know, since Cassius has to come back, Alexander has to die.
0: Mm. I don't think he has to die. But they
1: would have, like, had to have a peeing contest.
0: He's still alive in my heart.
1: Is that what it's called? Peeing contest? Pissing contest. Pissing contest. Right.
0: (laughs) There was also a a little uh, pop culture, one of Pierce's patented pop culture call outs where Alex says that the rug in the warden's office really ties the room together, which is a Big Lebowski reference, obviously.
1: Okay. Have I not seen the Big Lebowski? Because I didn't know that.
0: I would not expect you to know that reference.
1: Okay. I missed it. (laughs) I do know what the Big Lebowski is. But I don't know the quote.
0: Mm, it's a classic Big Lebowski quote. Was Why'd we just, you
1: say so creepy?
0: Our next uh, item on the Prime 5 list is we just love the way that Apollonius talks. We had his quote at the beginning of the episode where he says, What's this? A deputation of devils come to my Acropolis with calamity on their heels? Have you come to kill me, fiends? I venture you'll not find it pleasant. He's great.
1: He's great. Also, just go
0: back and read every single line that he every says. Every single <laughs> thing
1: Apollonia says. I also really enjoy um, even Darrow's Venusian dialect mm-hmm. and Alexander's. It's just so like nose in the air, right? Haughty.
0: Yeah. Like when they're talking to the warden,
1: condescending.
0: It's mm-hmm. really good.
1: <laughs> and like they, they use very, uh, Large words and long sentences to say something very simple. It's right. just, it's, it's great. And then Severo's over there, like not using the accent. Yeah. <laughs> that part cracked me up too.
0: And Apollonius is just getting started because, like, oh, as he, he starts he hanging good. out with Darrow more and more, <laughs> he just gets more and more long winded.
1: It's better and better. <laughs> Which, even though Apple's a rapey, murdery, psychopath, crazy person. This is why we like him so much. Mm-hmm. It's because he is insane, but also like yeah. insanely hilarious.
0: I think like a great part about that is like as soon as he says that and he looks at them, Severo's just like, holy shit, this dude is crazy. Yeah. He says that uh, over there, Calm, He's lost his marbles, <laughs> boss.
1: Um, next on our Prime 5, this is just a little fun one. We love Severo and we love everything Severo. And one thing that i liked in these chapters was he says a lot of funny side comments to tongueless Mm -hmm. and i also love tongueless (laughs) even though we don't we don't get enough of him before he gets cut up
0: four pieces
1: four pieces how many pieces do you want not four
0: i'll take a four piece with fries (laughs) jesus
1: (laughs) so several hears the dog bark and he says, "Don't tell me you brought the warden's dog." The obsidian grins wickedly and opens his bony hands to show us the terrier hidden between his legs. Dog napping? Careful, muts. Tongueless here is a bad, bad man. <laughs> I thought that was cute.
0: I love how everybody's okay with him taking the dog. <laughs> taking the dog—that's fine.
1: <laughs> and we don't know—we don't hear a lot about animals in these books. We hear about horses and griffins, and now a dog. Some zoo animals. Some zoo animals with Bolga, carved animals, the beasties in the water.
0: Yeah, like the weird parasite things.
1: But we don't, we don't like talk a lot about like pets. Actual pets. Besides Sophocles. Sophocles
0: is the only one.
1: And now the dog. Mm-hmm. And the Griffin, I guess. Um, That's true. Lawrence. Lawrence Griffin. Griffin. What's his name? Trivia. Icarus.
0: Wow, good job.
1: I was gonna put it on the crossword that's the only reason i remember
0: <laughs> i was like how did you know that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and then several here's just one more he says uh, to everyone then we kidnapped a dog did you meet tongueless he's a riot tongueless come say hello <laughs> it's funny because he can't talk and he's also like hey what's your name and then <laughs> tongueless like points to his mouth like he's <laughs> clearly super annoyed by several i just think the relationship is really cute and i wish that it went on longer Thanks. <laughs>
0: All right, next item on the Prime 5 list. We have some interesting Lysander info here. We have him like remembering back to his time on Lake Selene and back at the Citadel and whatnot. And he talks about listening to the Pachelbel birds as a child. So they were obviously probably not spies then, but they're spies now. Right. So we know they're present.
1: But maybe the birds have always been there, the real birds. Right. And then birds whoever, mm-hmm. snuck in the robot birds because everyone already knew the bells were there.
0: Right. And then we also um, have him. This is a, a really interesting part, I thought, where he really gets into like gold has lost their way. And this becomes a big part of his ethos moving forward, especially in Dark Age, when he starts deciding like what he's going to do and how he's going to take back the pride for House Loon or whatever.
1: Because you're such an iron gold.
0: Right. He starts, he talks about pinks and he's kind of like repulsed by the pinks that are in the bathroom or in the bathhouse with him and Cassius. And he talks about the suicide rate. This is where we get that information. And then he, he says in reference to pinks, like there's no reason that they should be What they are. They were purely created out of lecherous behavior from the golds. And like, that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that gold has lost their way. And why he, this like starts informing him as like this person that can fix gold and put gold back on the correct path. Right. And so we kind of see this start building up right here.
1: So he's not fully space racist.
0: Right. Right. He's still apparently
1: cares about doesn't
0: like pinks but well, later on
1: he feels he it's not that he doesn't like pinks he
0: i like, mean he cares about pinks he sees whatever, them as yeah. human yeah, right
1: which is more than we can say for most of our uh racist golds
0: right but that's just in complete contrast to his thoughts about Rono later on in dark age so yeah
1: it's he, interesting. He, he gets nasty next up for lysander yeah. as well there's some foreshadowing uh with possibly don't get mad at me yeah but possibly Lysander killing Severo right in the future cuz uh, well we know right now Lysander doesn't have Severo Abominadrius has Severo but Severo is that uh, reaper's beast who cut his neck and gave him
0: the scar gave him on the his scar on his that neck Serafina asked about
1: and Serafina said he is your master until you kill him which is not that's not a lesson in forgiveness <laughs> and healing, that's more a lesson in revenge,
0: right? As we know, Serafina isn't the smartest person around, nope. And she gets blown up, she's a little emotional, but I feel like I'm not sure if this is full on like foreshadowing or anything like that. It's definitely something to keep in mind. And
1: yeah, like this conversation about killing the man who gave you the scar, aka right. Severo, this conversation did happen, right? So, we have to keep that in mind because Pierce likes to <laughs> sneak these little breadcrumbs <laughs> in and then throw them in our face later. i would be
0: so, like, how mad would everyone be if Lysander kills Severo?
1: I would be furious, but <laughs> I hope some of these uh, Lysander <laughs> neutralists or fans even. Right. Would finally come to <laughs> our side.
0: The fuck Lysander side. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Space racist.
0: Yeah, I don't think Pierce can do that. There would be a full-on riot.
1: We'd flip a table.
0: <laughs> I flipped like three tables.
1: Damn, with <laughs> china on them.
0: Oh yeah, dishes everywhere. Just
1: break it. <laughs> and then last on our prime five list, we have uh, Lyria has got some foreshadowing. She's talking to quote Felipe 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 about um politics and about um what the telemanis house is saying and she says um they think caraval is playing both sides and that dancer can't control the vox like he thinks he can right do he's, they
0: yeah <laughs> that's wow. like pretty much spot on right there
1: pretty much uh exactly what happens except
0: Publius doesn't know he's being played at the same time yeah but he is playing both sides and then dancer definitely can't control the vox because they end up killing him. Yep. <laughs> so
1: So that is some accurate foreshadowing and exactly correct.
0: It's pretty interesting that that just pops that line pops in there for a second when and it seems really throwaway at the moment. But And
1: then rereading you're like, "Huh." You're like, well, that happened. (laughs) That did happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the many things that happened.
0: (laughs) All right, now that we've finished our prime five, it's time to name our primus of the week where we choose one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our primus of the week is...
1: Ephraim.
0: If it's a sad boy theme week, you can't not pick sad boy To be the winner of the week. The saddest of the the sad boys. Right.
1: Also, Ephraim accomplished his goal of wooing Lyria into taking a necklace back into the Telemannus estate, which Mm -hmm. she's not supposed to do. It's against the rules. Mm -hmm. But she trusts him as a friend fully now. So she's not thinking that it's a poisonous gas.
0: Right. Yeah. He ultimately accomplishes his mission in these. In this set of chapters. And he plants the booby trap pendant on Lyria. She takes it back to Telamon State. Of course, later on in the book, we know what happens with that. And then also, he is the official spokesman for Sad Boys Everywhere.
1: If you are a sad boy, (laughs) Ephraim is your guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations, Ephraim. He's probably sad about being Primus of the Week this week. But he is of the
1: <laughs> he can't be <laughs> sad because he's very dead. <laughs> worthy, worthy, worthy—like our new rise. <laughs> Although I'm excited for our Dark Age reread because I circled the word "rise" just to make sure we don't miss it.
0: Okay, I've got a Howler Q and A question for you, Aaron. Had a interesting, like two v two, fighting single elimination bracket sent to us by our friend Riley Gravel, Riley dot Gravel. So I'm going to give you the bracket matchups and you have to pick a winner for each one. Okay. okay? So this is how our Q and a this week. Okay. The first matchup is Lauren and Sefi versus Volsung, Fa and Fitchner. Who wins?
1: Lauren and Seffi.
0: Okay. Ragnar and Victra versus Apollonius and Alexander.
1: Apollonius, Alexander.
0: Wow. Ragnar out like that, huh? Okay, and then Aja and Atlas versus Cassius and Ajax.
1: Oh fuck. Aja.
0: Aja? Yeah. And then Darrow and Valdir versus Diomedes and Sevra.
1: Oh damn. I think Diomedes and Severo. Okay. That was hard, though.
0: That was uh, Pierce's choice for the winner of the entire bracket when he looked at it. Oh, good. I'm smart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who did you choose?
0: Obviously, Cassius and Ajax. Yeah. But I actually really did think about Diomedes and Severo a lot because I just feel like they would be super complimentary of each other.
1: At this moment in time, Diomedes is definitely like the best technical swordsman and Severo is a sneaky little bitch. Exactly. So and they he would can work move. so well Severo together. Severo can move, like, really well in small spaces.
0: Right. And zero gravity. So and he,
1: like can, he can do all the variables. Okay.
0: Next matchup, then, is Lauren and Sephy versus Apollonius and Alexander.
1: Apollonius and Alexander.
0: Wow. That's an upset. Uh, and then you picked Aja and Atlas versus Diomedes and Severo.
1: Diomedes and Severo.
0: Okay, Diomedes and Severo versus Apollonius and Alexander for the for the championship.
1: Well, you're, you kind of swayed my opinion when you told me what Pierce <laughs> chose. But since I'm not a suck-up, I'm going to pick the opposite.
0: Apollonius and Alexander?
1: Because I'm picturing Apollonius naked in a ghost cloak. <laughs> so, like, they don't even know they're fighting Apollonius.
0: <laughs> and then Alexander's just out there being amazing yes. ripping him up
1: he has like the smile with the ding <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> every
0: movie makes is perfect ding
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was thanks perfect.
1: riley gravel
0: yes that was fun all right you know what it's time for
1: what are we into this week i'll go first sorry ben normally says that before i do i am into this really stupid tv show it's on hbo It's really, really, really like dumb humor, which has to be my favorite humor. (laughs) Well, my favorite humor is if you genuinely fall down, I will laugh at you and point. (laughs) But my second favorite humor is like dumb jokes. And this is the Righteous Gemstones. It's on HBO. It's about this like multi million dollar church family. So if you think of like a mega church, with like the TV show and everything. It's about their family, but they're not as holy as they seem. Mm. And the um, the father of this family is John Goodman. And I love John Goodman in everything. He's the best. He's the best. And then Danny McBride is in it. Adam Devine. Both super fucking funny people. And then they have a sister, um, Edie Patterson. She's very funny. So it's a really funny show and you should watch it. Uncle Baby Billy. It <laughs> uh, has some good uh, music. Ben, you want to sing it for us?
0: No, I don't know it. Sorry, I can't sing Misbehaving. it. Miss
1: <laughs> That's what I'm into. Ben, what are you into this week?
0: This week, I'm into some more music. I'm going to recommend an album from Miss Brittany Howard. She's the lead singer of the Alabama Shakes.
1: Oh, is she now?
0: She is an amazing woman. We've and seen her live. Her first solo album is called Jamie, and it's fucking amazing. I don't even need to say anything more than that. Just go check it out. Listen to it all the way through.
1: It's very good.
0: Then text me or call me and be like, thank you.
1: Yeah, call Ben. So next week on Hallerpod we're reading Iron Gold chapters 34 to
0: 39. That's Chapters 34 through 39 your Iron Gold read-along books.
1: Read-along books. <laughs> <laughs> Not the picture version. <laughs> don't forget to follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email howlerpod at gmail.com. Go to Hallerpod.com And don't forget to rate and review us. Otherwise, you'll be sadder than Ephraim. Wow. And then you'll be the saddest boy. And Best then you'll be ever. the leader of the sad boys and you'll have to get your heart eaten.
0: The, uh, the sad boy army needs a new leader. It
1: does, <laughs> but <laughs> only five stars. You don't want to be that leader.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks. Howlers.
1: Omnis lupus. Ow. Ow.